God, I hate talking over the voice of Phil Linet. Phil Linet is an unlikely and impressive Irishman. Um, when you tell people that Thin Lizzy is an Irish band, they're like, fuck you, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, no, no, an Irishman and an Irish band, a very, very Irish band, to the point where if you're in downtown Dublin along the canal there, there's actually a statue of Phil Linet there. I just it's, had to play the. It's called the Whiskey in the Jar, and 8,000 bands have covered that song, to say the very least. Yes. And it's about a highwayman, a robber, uh, you know, uh, someone who's waiting on the side of the road to rob someone when they come by, who's then betrayed by the woman in his life. And it's very Irish in the sense that there's no. I'm not surprised it became a traditional because. Sean Bernard, you're clearly by looking at you an Irishman. You're yes. you're almost a goddamn leprechaun. Um, <laughs> I also am deeply Irish, mm-hmm. and you know there's there's a certain amount of I don't know if it's Catholic guilt, racial trauma. I'm not sure what it is that helps define the Irish, but a song where you're a high woman who who fucks up the robbery and you're the love of your life betrays you. It, it has a very Irish feel to there it. There are many, many songs that kind of follow that lead. I mean, it's, uh, and I, you know, I look at like my ancestors, it's not like they were on a winning streak when they came, you know, they came to the United States. I mean, they literally had, it's a husband and wife. They had 13 children and things sucked so bad that they got on a ship and came to America. You know, it's so bad here in Ireland. Imagine traveling with like two kids on a plane, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. But instead of four hours of fucking <laughs> you're going to get on a steamer with 13 children and jam them into basically a baggage compartment because life is so bad there. Yeah, my mom's side of the family was that way. They came over a yeah. long time ago. My or my dad's actually came over a long time ago. My, my, my mom's a little more recently recently but also my grandmother one of 13 children from her irish catholic family so i know that saint patrick's day is well in the review mirror but we are recording this close to saint patrick's day and you and i both being irishmen it hits close to home it is the brian oak show this is episode 238 and you know it's like some like seasons or things that do things like oh it's episode you know it's season two so here's episode 238 we've actually done 238 episodes of this show what the hell happened i think everybody's a little surprised yeah not to mention Smart Start MN. They've got to be like, what? We agreed to do this, but we didn't think you'd keep going. We thought you guys would give up after like two months. Well, <laughs> joke's on you, Smart Start MN, because here we are. We are in the Smart Start MN studios located very near the intersection of 48th and Chicago. And not only scenic, but now beautiful South Minneapolis. Spring is upon us, right? So spring popped on Sunday and the weather has gotten nicer and nobody only a fool would believe that we're out of the woods entirely but it's nice to know we're on the other side of it now I'm one of those guys who doesn't mind winter at all in fact I sort of adore that icy sharp brutally cold weather because when you walk outside in the middle of it like I get up for work and I'm outside at quarter to five every morning when you walk out in that weather all of a sudden Mother Nature, the universe, the atmosphere, whatever you want to call it, is telling you, 
Listen up, chucklehead. If you, don't, <laughs> if, if you don't pay attention right now, you're a dead man. All right, so pay attention and make sure you do your thing. And I kind of like that sharpness of clarity, right? Like that sort of awareness, that awakenedness. Because when the summer comes and the humidity comes, I get dumb and stupid, and I call it dinosaur weather. I can't stand it. So, but you but, feel kind of like William the Conqueror too. Like, oh my God, I've I'm going to overcome this weather. I am a real man right now, out here in the midst of the brutal, brutal winter. Well, I also every five or six years buy a brand new super expensive winter coat yeah, just so too. I don't die. <laughs> of the, again, there are very few things I spend real money on. A winter coat is one of them because it gets fucking cold here. Yep. It is the Brian Oak Show. We are in the Smart Start MN studio. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They are the ones who worked with the state, with the legislature, with the judiciary to make sure this could happen. They kind of invented a new thing or brought it to being here in Minnesota. Minnesota. They birthed it. They they did. And when a lot of other people came in to move in on it, but the bottom line is this, they've come up with a technology that is state approved that will allow you to drive. Even if you've lost your license due to a DWI, DUI, whatever you want to call it. If you get popped, you will lose your license. Even before you're found guilty, you have to get back in your car. You have to drive. And the weird thing about smart start is, well, not the weird thing, kind of the amazing thing. They'll get you back in your car. They'll do the installation. They'll get you back on the road for way cheaper than you would possibly imagine, especially compared to the other expenses you will incur during the course of your DUI. We're not allowed to talk about the prices because apparently they're modest or something. I'm not sure what's up with Ed and Mike. Why can't we say? I don't know. I do know this, that if you drive naked on St. Patrick's Day and you have a fresh, fresh shamrock tattoo, and I mean a real tattoo on your face, you're probably going to get pulled over. So just don't. You're, every year, you got to just tell yourself, do not drive on St. Patrick's Day. Do Both, not drive on St. Patrick's and Day. And I, I have been I have been blackout drunk <laughs> and somehow never woke up naked in my car or yeah. with a fresh shamrock tattoo on my face. And don't get me wrong. You and I are both proud Irishmen. Yes. But that... That's a different level right there. Like, that's a brawler kind of thing. Like, who wants to fight me naked? <laughs> who wants to fight me naked? The loser has to get a tattoo on his face. And then you've got the tattoo on your face. So anyway, smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show for 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. We have done everything in our power <laughs> to thwart their continued endorsement of this oh. show. And they haven't given up on I us yet, for guys. which we say thank you very much to Smart Start MN. Sean and I have been doing this for a long time now, right? And um, it, it's great because we get to have conversations with so many people who, you know, are part of the intricate fabric of our community. Most often songwriters, singers, musicians, but we talk to people of all stripes, of every part of the hierarchy. It's been a really, really interesting trip. We've done this for more than two years now. I know it's crazy. It, I mean, it really actually kind of is yeah. crazy, right? I don't. I think that we both went into it thinking, let's give this a shot for a few months, see how it goes. Yeah, didn't we? I mean, we both were kind of like, let's see, let's see what happens. But, but I mean, now that we're making almost a million dollars an episode, it's yes, hard to exactly. say. It's hard to turn our back on, right? People ask me though all the time, like, do you do you still enjoy it? I'm like, I 
love it. I love meeting artists that you know, we've wanted to have Jillian on for two years. You right. Know? We've been trying. So people like her, like but I you know love, how Jillian is. I love, but I mean, I love hearing their story. It's like, it, feel, it makes me feel closer to the community that I live in. So it's been great. Well, and, and I mean, and that's the whole bit, right? I mean, there's a reason that we love living here. And part of why we love living here are the people who populate the area that we live in. Not to mention with the weather popping like it is, even though it's going to mean a lot more rollerblades, a lot more flimsy tank tops and way too many short shorts pogo sticks the <laughs> Jillian, i got her again you got, me, you got me on that one too you don't get me very often <laughs> the parkway is going to get nutty right yes. it's going to be hard to go by but again it's one of the most beautiful urban waterways in the entire country we live in this incredible part of the country and here we are entering into one of the most celebratory times of the year i want to get to mary as not mary jillian sorry <laughs> as soon as possible i was thinking about our last podcast but before we do and before we move all the way away from saint patrick's day which down was low these many days ago last week um i want to share a song by the water boys sean i don't know if you're aware but i'm something of an emotional guy yes a little bit well, I, but that's because, and I, I'm not ashamed of it. No, I just, you shouldn't be. But if you feel something, if something means something to you, whether it's nostalgia or the import of the moment, whether it's the message, whether it's the situation, you shouldn't hide from your feelings, and I don't, but for whatever reason, I've been compelled to play songs that make me cry every time I play them. So we're going to hear one more of those. I'm going to weep. I'll try to dampen my eyes a little bit and pull it back online so that we can talk to Jillian Ray coming up right after the Water Boys. And this one's called And a Bang on the Air. She's living in the street. 
So I love that song with all my heart, but when I picked it, I did not realize that it was a seven and a half minute song. I thought it was like a three and a half minute song, but here we are. So let's please get to our guest immediately because I've been waiting for this meeting for a long time. We've been friends on social media forever. We have an almost uncountable number of mutual friends in the world, but it's really nice to see her face to face. She is a Minneapolis based singer songwriter. She's been at it for a long time, but she's also funny. She 
she's also a very creative type and that's what this show is about is meeting new and interesting people jillian ray hello hello how are you i'm good how are you i'm good so i mean here we are the early days of spring right are you feeling good oh yeah Definitely. Okay. Well, I mean, and again, it's okay to say no. I just ask because we're all coming off two years of stupid, right? And not stupid. Like it's nothing we could have controlled. And we had to do certain things to make sure that more of us lived than didn't live. Mm -hmm. Right. But it changes the nature of the way we exist and interact. So I guess that's what I mean when I say, you okay? You feeling good? I'll rephrase in this moment, being here with you both finally, (laughs) and just with you know, the weather and the sunshine and everything's melting, like the way it smells outside yeah. is like the dopamine hit I've been waiting for since mm. like last September. So yeah, in that respect, I'm doing great. Even when it looks <laughs> muddy and crappy and shitty outside and those last few ice berms are melting and they just look like pure sludge, there's an organic smell that starts to happen in South Minneapolis, right? With all the water we have down here where it smells like the bottom of an aquarium but it's kind of amazing. <laughs> but it's a good bottom of the yes. aquarium kind yes. of smell. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. That's why I brought it up. Jillian, you are a singer-songwriter by trade, and you've been doing it for a while. But before we talk about what you're up to now and what the pandemic was like, I would like to know a little bit more about your past. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from uh, the small iron range town of Eveleth, Minnesota. You don't have to do that. You don't. Look, (laughs) that was really good, though. It was so so easy to switch back and forth. I think of, like, my family and, you know, like, the cliches are all true in the most wonderful way possible. Well, for most of us lifelong Minnesotans, I mean, like, I've been to Eveleth. I've been all over this state. I just can't believe that you said that earlier. Like, I always assume that nobody knows where Eveleth is. How could you not know where Eveleth is? I mean... I mean, well, again, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't tell you the coolest bar to go to in Eveleth. I couldn't tell you the best diner to go to in Eveleth. But, I mean, if you're a Minnesotan, you have to know where and what Eveleth is. Again, you're not required to know the members of the city council, but Eveleth is... It, there are towns in Minnesota, you have traveled, and I'm sure there are many of them surrounding Eveleth, mm-hmm. that are... 145 people, right? Mm-hmm. Eveleth is a proper town. There are lots of people there. Oh, we have a good, like, 3,000 going. Okay, like, but I mean... Something but, like that. Nice. But, when, yeah. but when we start to get out into what, you know, many, many, many metropolitan types would call the sticks, that's a good-sized city. There's a real city going on there. I think we can still call it a town town but yeah village yeah. yeah the village of Ev- that's so quaint i it like is. that i love it so i haven't been to the village of eveleth <laughs> in some time but you grew up there um is eveleth where you found your love of music oh that's such a good question i mean in a way yes because that's where i was living and grew up i kind of split my time between eveleth and ely my mm-hmm. most of my family's oh, up in yeah. ely which is also just a lovely lovely as town. a boundary waters guy i've been through ely more times than i could probably admit so mm, yeah. so good yeah, yeah. But yeah i i think i definitely got my love of music whilst growing up in eveleth okay it, so it let was, me ask you it oh. was a surrounding situation it wasn't like i was hearing music in eveleth it was very much influenced like you know by my parents, or I mean, I was a latchkey kid. I grew up on MTV, you know, 
Yep. So a little bit more situational than like the town. But yeah, definitely. I learned everything I knew growing up in Eveleth. So. so you went right from watching Bon Jovi on MTV to picking up the fiddle and playing Bartok. Is that how that worked? Oh, ex- that how did you read my bio, Brian? Is, do you know my nice. story? Wow. <laughs> I just I started with Bartok. That was my first. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Nobody I know you starts are. with nice. Bartok. Nobody nice. does. No, and, I, and I'm surprised I was able to came up come up with Bartok. So, I'm impressed. Yeah, well, thank you shouldn't be. It was it was one of those lucky stabs in the dark. Um so you grew up, I mean, music's the thing, right? MTV, I mean, maybe the parents had records, you listened to radio, mm-hmm. but at some point you start making music and that's not a jump that everybody mm. makes right like mm-hmm. i mean not everybody who's like man i love lover boy and foreigner these guys are awesome it doesn't make them pick up the fiddle was the violin your first instrument yeah yeah and mm-hmm. so at, at what age did you pick up the violin i picked it up at seven in the wow. second grade and i wanted to at age six in the first grade but i had to do about a year of begging before so Before I got this is an important violin. question because my wife's a music educator and I grew up in music throughout public education for my whole life. They don't let second graders where I grew up play the violin. So are you talking about playing it personally on your own? Are you talking about playing it through school, through church? How how do you find the fiddle? Well, this is actually, you know, I never really thought about it this way, but this is situational. Remember when we were talking about like words earlier? Yes. Which yes. ones are real and which yeah, ones are yeah, not? Yeah. Situational. <laughs> See, that was actually hilarious. Don't ever worry about messing a word up on this show because Sean and I do it on the regular. Yes. Perfect. Excellent. So how do you come to it? Is it a school situation? Is it a home situation? Is it a church situation? No, <clears throat> yeah, you're doing situa- it. Shut up, shut up, shut up. It's such a hard word, I'm realizing. Situation. You know, situation. I, oh, I like when you added the French to it that first time. <laughs> Are you going to go sitch like you kids Situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, sitch. I, can, I can say sitch. Jillian, no stop trying to make sitch happen. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> stop trying to make it. sitch happen. It. All right? But how did you, how did you, I mean, so the reason I ask is in fourth grade, when I was finally allowed to do an instrument, I'd mm-hmm. wanted to do music my entire, when I was a kid, didn't know anything about it, but I knew I wanted to do it. I got to do viola. And I was one of four kids in fourth grade who did orchestra. There were two violin players. I was the only viola player. There was one cello player. I was terrible and stayed with it for the next five years. How do you come to the violin? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I love that you chose viola. I think it's a special soul who chooses the viola. Truly. Loser is what you're saying. No. No, I I mean, I play the viola now and it's like, wow, this is cool. And, you know, when you're younger, it's all viola jokes. I didn't realize until later in life (laughs) when I was watching all these cool rock bands. I'm like, the bass player is the viola player. He doesn't have to solo. He doesn't have to be the star, but he's got to be the bedrock, right? He's got to lay it down. It's got to be there. And hold the the bass line down, basically. And I'm not saying bass like guitar bass, but I'm saying Mm -hmm. like he's got to hold the rhythm or whatever down so that the violin can excel and can rise above and can escalate. I I didn't, trust me, in fourth grade, I had no idea what that meant. (laughs) But in years later, I came to appreciate it. But still, tell me, I've been asking for five minutes. Why won't you tell me about how you love the violin? Fine, I guess I'll just tell you. Please, Um, Jillian. So I, I, I just really found out, I loved music already. Like, I think the way my family would probably describe it is I was singing before I was talking. I mean, I was such 
a horrible, loud, colicky baby. My mom went to work <laughs> one month early. I'm not joking. That is to on get away me. from you to get away from me. Look, yeah. anybody who's had a had a kid. I was lucky. Our daughter was brilliant that way, but I've had friends with colicky babies. I'm not mad about it. I'm sorry that you were that way. Yeah, it wasn't up my to mom, you. My mom but your is mom's a, like, nope, go yeah, back to work. She, she really, she's a special <laughs> woman for putting up with me. But so yeah, I was, I was loud. I was singing. I was already musical. Like when my parents divorced when I was five. So before that. What did that, you do to cause their divorce? I mean, I already told you, didn't Whoa, I? No. <laughs> well, I mean, she was colicky. Nah, <laughs> just kidding. But her colic took the form of viola playing. Oh, that's all right. right. That's right. No, no, that's, okay. that's you, Brian. I'm violent. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. did I say viola? You did. Yeah, but that's okay. Sorry, Freudian slip. Anyway, <laughs> I go. was, I was, you know, picking out music. We had a piano from, I mean, age five and younger. So I don't have a lot of memories of this, but apparently, like, but you were plinking on it I, all the time. I could pick out melodies at a really young age. Mm, you know, really? whatever. Um, so you know. Age five and on, my parents both always lived in the same town, but I lived with my mom. My brother lived with my dad. So, you know, single mom, you know, doing her thing, raising a, a loud, musical, weird child. Um, I went to a summer camp one year. Which Were was, you still colicky at summer camp? No, thankfully. By, well, that, you by know that, what? that time it was over. You might have to ask. You might have to like <laughs> some of interview some of those counselors. I was probably still loud as hell. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that, 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 that part <laughs> makes sense. So you go to summer camp and then what happens? I go to summer camp. It was one of those typical like outdoorsy, like there was like the arts and crafts time in the mess hall and then there was canoeing and swimming and that sort of thing. <laughs> but the camp shared space with this other music summer camp. Um, with this group up there called the Singing Strings. So they performed for us like non-music kids, and I just fell in love. It was a violin group. So it's all these kids from like my age, you know, six up to high school, playing all these arrangements of, you know, violin songs. And the teacher who I ended up studying with, she was this amazing Finnish woman who was living up there, Helena Pakala. She was the founder of the Singing Strings, and it was a Suzuki music school. So it was pretty much from that point on, I was just begging, like, I need to play the violin. I want to play the violin. I love the violin. Mm. Um, and, you know, like growing up up north in a small town, like I said, you know, single mom situation. It was just like, I I have to think about this like time wise and financially and all this. It's not like she could just get me a violin. Right. So I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So after the first grade year of just me not shutting up about it, she finally rented me a violin in the second grade and enrolled me with that teacher. Um, and she just, I mean, your school didn't have an orchestra at that point, did you know, it? No, my school did have an orchestra program. For second shared, graders? No, so oh. that wasn't... I was actually surprised when you said you went in the fourth grade. Usually school orchestra programs start in the fifth grade, which is what my school did. Right. So in the second grade, this was aside from school. It was like private lessons from this teacher. She got me all set up, got me my violin, and before she handed it to me, like, I remember this memory like it's a movie saved in my mind. Mm. If I ever have to ask you to practice, you're done. It's like, wow, Roger that. You're never going to mm-hmm. have to. I'm so happy to have this violin right now. And that's literally just what I've done with my life ever since. I I love it. I love music. I practice for fun. Do your, you know? do your fingers smell like rosin, bow rosin right now? Um. 
Probably the bow hand, yeah. Okay. A little bit. This, the strings on the left hand For side. For people yeah. who've never played mm-hmm. a stringed instrument, um, <laughs> the, the joy and hatred of rosin is, um, it's a foreign language, and we'll talk more about it just ahead. I want to hear a song. We've been talking for too long, but I want to come back because I have so many more questions to ask you. But you are working on music now. The pandemic was a real kick in the crotch philosophically, metaphorically, and literally for many. Well, maybe not literally, but those other things for a lot of us, right? It shut us down. The number of artists we've had on this particular program who I'm like, man, it seems like for an artist, you know, being all that time locked down, perfect, man. You got nothing to do but your art. Almost universally, everyone we've talked to has said, no, it sucked out loud. And I didn't write one fucking thing. Same? Correct. Yeah? Correct Amundo. Well, and, yeah. But, I mean, wild, right? Like, you'd think, we imagine with the busyness of our lives, with the hectic nature of the lives we've crafted for ourselves, when you try to squeeze art in around all the other practical things that have to get done on the day-to-day, all of a sudden, all this time opens up, and... I guess for those of us who are maybe non-artists, you'd think, oh my God, your, your dream has come true. You have nothing but free time. Why did your creative nature get stunted during that time? Do you have any idea? I, I do have some ideas, and I feel like I, on the one hand, I think, isn't this just how it was for everybody? But maybe not. So I'm definitely speaking for myself, but I know for sure that I can say that I have other musical and artist friends that I've talked to that have said, yeah, totally. That's definitely how I was feeling without realizing it. Like when the pandemic started, there was the, you know, things are canceled for a few months. Shit, that sucks. But at first, I think we all thought it wasn't going to last very long. Right. Right. And then just every single day, truly, I think it was every day for months and months, a new shit storm would happen the next day. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like. I think it was just a buildup of collective trauma that we didn't realize was actually collective trauma. So we're losing our paychecks. We're losing our schedule. We're losing our livelihoods. There's all of this uncertainty. We're losing our loved ones. I mean, people are also getting sick and dying. Um, our next door neighbor passed of COVID mm-hmm. during the, you know, that first year-ish, I want to yeah. say. So there's all of this happening. And then... Um, I told you before the show, I, I just live like right up the street, pretty close to this area in South Minneapolis. So right. then um, when the police murdered George Floyd, pretty much right in my backyard yeah. um, and everything that ensued, rightfully so um, from that, uh, that was also it was akin to living in a war zone for a while. Like we had to vacate our house and there were, you know, white supremacists coming into our neighborhoods mm-hmm. and like stashing you know, fire accelerants and weapons in our backyards that we would, Mm. you know, we were always on watch and we were always like at high alert that like, you know, we don't know if our house is going to get burnt down in the middle of the night while we're sleeping. So I think it was just like, there's the pandemic and everything that's happening there emotionally, financially with our careers. And then when that happened and everything else that exploded on top of that, when I look back, it's like, well, no wonder you couldn't write a fucking song. Yes. It's like I could barely oh like eat three meals in a day yeah. or just remember to, you know, do just really menial tasks mm. because I think our wheels were spinning so much um, just around survival, you know, at that time. 
clearly you have found a way through, as many of us are, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to diminish anything you just talked about, but we've talked about it a lot. I mean, our you know, here we are in the Smart Start MN studio, a mere ten blocks south of where George Floyd was openly murdered mm-hmm. in front well, for the world to see. And in addition to COVID, we became ground zero for so much and i you know Mm -hmm. i don't know that i'm i'm not qualified to speak on it but obviously it changed everyone's worlds not just here but around the world and again let's be clear the police killing a black man is nothing brand new but for whatever reason this one resonated this one finally got the world's attention and it's happened plenty of times since and it's happened an infinite number of times prior to that things change but here we are we're all starting to come out on the other side i'm not talking about racial inequity i'm talking about creativity i'm talking about Mm -hmm. getting back out and living our lives i'm talking about trying to figure out what 2022 looks like what it looks like moving forward and for you you have a brand new song and again we've gone way too long without hearing music (laughs) not that we're not talking about important things Mm. but i want you to tell me about doing my best where it came from how it fomented and why you finally felt like you know what i'm ready to start doing some fucking music again yeah well i mean perfect like basically coming out of everything i just said Mm -hmm. and then just marinating in you know just kind of survival mode and I was still like playing an instrument I was still we were doing a lot of live streams at that time Mm -hmm. still playing music and doing anything that you know I could we could when I say we my partner my husband is my guitar player as well partner in all music things too you can name check him if you want otherwise you can keep him as Mr. X that's also fine you know the wildly talented and handsome Eric Martin here we're talking about here. here we go But yeah, so coming out of, you know, all of that, I think it took us a while to realize the things that I just mentioned and to kind of like give ourselves a little bit of leeway, like and not just be totally mad about not writing new music. Um, But when Doing My Best came along, I was actually commissioned to write a bunch of songs for kids. It was a um, it's called Camp Noah, and it's a camp that I want to say it's it's through a Lutheran. I don't know that it's Lutheran social services, but it's through a Lutheran organization where they put together these camps for kids who have lived through trauma. So there's a specified camp, like they did a camp for Katrina survivors Mm. and they did a camp for um, specifically kids who have been survivors of gun violence. And, Mm. you know, there's all of these different specialized camps for young kids and it's all kind of around these therapy topics to help get them through the trauma. So I'm just thinking like, cool, I love what that's all about. I feel like that's that's great for everyone, especially kids. And also, I have to say yes, because maybe this will be the one thing that gets me writing something again, because now I have to. And there's a deadline. So it just so happened that through those topics, because there were some specific things that they were like, for this day, when we're talking about this thing, here are some things we'll be talking about. Here's some actual prompts and words and phrases. And doing my best came out of that. Um, so it was originally for this, you know, kids therapy camp. And the more that I was playing it, I finally showed it to my band and I was like, is this for, I think this is for us big kids too. (laughs) Like the more I sing this song, the more I realize like this is a message for myself and it kind of makes everybody go, ah, after we play it. And after, you know, the, the people that I've shown it to, which it's, it's live now. I keep forgetting it's, it's everybody can listen to it now, which you will. You will hope you will be listening. Uh, we're going to listen to it right now. Perfect.
Jillian Ray is our guest here on The Brian Oka Show, uh, episode 238. Before we continue our conversation, 
Actually, no, I need to continue our conversation right now. You have a certain touch and a certain feel, and that doesn't just automatically happen, right? Like a lot of people are like, nope, I dig music. Nope, I love music. Nope, I'm pretty good at music. And when you're playing the violin, you're like, you know what? One day I'm going to play for an international symphony. I will tour the world. I will be famous. I will be first chair. I will be celebrated. I will be wined and dined. And other people are like, you know what? I want to bring music to people. Did you ever harbor the desire to be first chair in a great symphony? When you, I mean, when you were first learning violin, there are certain things. I remember playing viola. There are certain ways that teachers talk to you and instructors are like, no, you could be great. But you must focus. You must again. You know, again. Mm-hmm. And um, did, was that ever part of the plan? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I mean, when I first started, that Finnish teacher I was telling you about, she just so happened. I was just so lucky with that because she was really well rounded. We had Suzuki classical stuff we worked on. Then she had a. She called it the ethnic set. So it was all Finnish, Swedish, Norwegian, Scandinavian mm. music from you know her upbringing. Right. Then we had the hoedown set, which was like American fiddle. <laughs> like roots stuff, right? Roots. And this was singing, playing violin, and dancing. And there were costume changes. This was like a performance group. Like my, wow. my first tour I went on was when I was nine. Were, did <laughs> you, you know? enjoy it or were you embarrassed? Oh, it was the thing that I, that's like what my jam was. I'm not a sports ball person. Yeah, I yeah. was like, a, I have violin practice tonight and yep. we're doing our DC tour. So we're working up to that. <laughs> so... Yeah. I love that, actually, mm-hmm. because, I mean, you hear the stories of people who are like, I sat there practicing piano, looking out the window at all the other kids playing baseball, and you're like, fuck baseball. I have oh, got, yeah. I have got to get this arpeggio down. I've got to memorize these songs in Finnish that I don't know what I'm saying, but I have to pronounce <laughs> the words right. Yeah, totally. It was fun. We've got more with Jillian Ray momentarily. First, though, I do want to check in with Sean real quick. Sean Bernard, in addition to being my friend, my colleague, the producer of this show, also an endorser he is a realtor for edina realty 50th and france location and here we are with the weather going like it is and things popping everyone's gonna have their windows open they're gonna realize their house is a dusty crappy nightmare they're gonna start throwing things into bins and you know garbage cans and giant what are those things called you know what i'm talking about the giant things people throw garbage into oh um Dumpsters. Thank you. Yeah, I was having a brain cramp, and that's why. Sorry, I, figured, I was still stuck I on. Would, I was still stuck on. Fuck baseball. I, fuck I would, baseball. Okay, settle I'm down. So sorry. Settle I, down. I wish, I, I wish more than anything in the world I could play like the violin. I would have never played baseball. Yeah. Yeah, not guess kidding, because that's a lifelong thing you can do. Yeah, well, baseball is here and gone. Good luck, sausage fingers. Oh, all right, you, <laughs> look, don't take it personally. All right, <laughs> wait till I say things like "fuck the Clash" and "fuck the Who." All right, then people really get mad. All right, <laughs> exactly. Well, now even Jillian's thinking about walking out of the studio. <laughs> I'm asking you about your current vocation, in addition to being a B-level podcast producer. You're also an incredible local. <laughs> I think that's great. I was thinking C, maybe C plus. I think you're doing doing great. B minus, just not bad. And that's because we're grading on a curve. Um, Oh man, if people ever listen to a real wide (laughs) range of podcasts, you're definitely fucking top five percent. But you also are a realtor, and what I'm saying is, with I couldn't, I can't believe I couldn't come up with dumpster. I really got to get more sleep. Yeah, that's Um, late. It's a it's a crazy time right now, right? Like spring is popping, and this is when most people start to think like. 
Maybe I ought to sell this shithole. Maybe, I mean, this amazing house that I'm about to sell. But you've been busy for weeks, if not months now. People have been ramping up, and they're ready to go. Well, then what happens is the national news comes on, and it says that they're going to raise the interest rates up to six times this year. Dun, 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 dun. And people start going, oh, my gosh, we were going to wait to sell our house till this summer. We better get everything done. So let's... Pack up the entire basement and let's go find some place and let's make it happen. That's good for people like you because then, like almost like a pirate, you can move in and bleed them dry. Yeah, and it's really fun to work out with like super stressed out people who are <laughs> making a you know spontaneous decision to move. No, it's fine. I work with all types, uh, <laughs> <laughs> both the insane and the vaguely normal. Exactly, most people are reasonable um no I, I i love it i love it and part of my job is to mitigate stress i'll say that and i i tell that to people every like they're like we're fine we won't get real stressed out about this those are the people i worry about the most by the way the ones yeah. who are like no we got this I, th- I think we're okay <laughs> exactly. and that's when the 2 a.m phone call comes in exactly right yeah, i did do a right. 10 o'clock one last night that was a little surprising surprised. but yeah. uh, it was delightful if you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell 612-859-2594 and I am doing what I've done before uh, this year. We're going to give away uh, a donation to every for every buy and sell to a local musician or band of the buyer or seller's choice, unless they don't get music. They just play baseball and they don't know who to who to pick. Can they donate it to a local league of nope, some? Nope, no, it's got to be musician be or band. All right. Yep. So then I choose for them, but I have a list of a lot of local artists who are like. Can you get me on that list? Like, I, I'll take a donation. Yeah. Like, I'm totally... Yeah, so I've done that, too. But it's great. We've now donated, I think, to, like, 25 different musicians. So. I think Jillian just put her hand in the She's air. In. So. She's in. She's in. Well, but here's the deal, right? Like, so Sean and I, we've made a point of this. A, we're not ever going to take a sponsor that's a fucking dickhead. We yep. just... We aren't going to. But also... We are as much a part of this community at a basic and common mm-hmm. level as anybody else. Neither of us come from fancy backgrounds, no, right? Not and fancy. we want to help. Well, I mean, you know, you dress a little better than I do. You drive a better car. That's a good but, point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the point is, he just said he wasn't working with dicks. Then here I am. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess that's not entirely true. Exactly. But, um, not the, more. I mean, dicks. But, <laughs> but I mean, we we love living here. We believe in this place. Yes. That's why we have the guests that we have on the show, Jillian. Before we get to another. Well, by the way, were you done? Oh, I'm totally done. Okay. Before we get, I, I want to get to another song because we've been, I like talking to you. You're a very interesting conversationalist, um, but we haven't heard enough music. So we're about to hear one. Before we talk about what your immediate future looks like, what you're working on, what we can expect from you in the not too distant future, which we'll hear after this next song. I want to ask you, growing up, music is obviously a very important part of your life. You are talented. You're good at it, right? And I believe in, you know, gravitating towards what one is good at. Your life will be more enjoyable if you do that. I can't stop yammering, so that's what I do for a living, right? You love to play music, and you're qualified, and you're talented, and you're good at it, and you play a range of instruments, (laughs) but I want to ask you something. All of us run into things that we say yes to or we try that maybe weren't completely well thought out. You obviously can play a wide range of instruments, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you ever pick one up 
that despite your best efforts, you sucked out loud at? Is there an instrument that you picked up where you're like, <laughs> I shouldn't touch a bazooki or an accordion ever again? Was there any time that you hit a wall creatively? Well, I wouldn't say I hit a wall because I just made a decision very quickly. I'm just not going to go there. But <laughs> I cannot play the type of instruments that you have to freaking like blow into or with your mouth. Like I just are we don't. talking brass or woodwind? All what are we it. talking about? All of it. No brass. Not no your woodwinds. Thing. Just can't. Is it a lack I of cannot. lung capacity, or is your embouchure just not good, or? I, I don't know. Well, it's definitely not lung capacity because you Uh-oh. know my origin story and I'm still loud as fuck. And <laughs> you, like, you know. as, Brian, as Brian said, I think it's important to, to you know, ask this question again. Did you ever touch the bazooki? Because <laughs> you asked. <laughs> well, do you all know what a bazooki is? It's I have very, no idea. That's like, why. That's it's like why if I a guitar asked. and a mandolin. Oh, okay. baby. I can right. play the good. bazooki. Yeah, no, I'm, okay, I'm certain yeah. that you could. <laughs> I had no idea what that was. I, luckily, <laughs> what I love about Sean, one of the many things I love about Sean, he's always here to make it weird. Yes, I always am. It's not a weapon. I know it sounds like bazooka. In the right hands, it is a weapon. Yes, it is. I think that's fair. Think about that. All right. Exactly. So, no, and I I mean, I I think that it is even when you're gifted and good at something. I believe that humility is an important <laughs> gift. I no, I do. I really do. I, I I've yeah, run into absolutely. situations where I'm like, I shouldn't be here. This is not my yeah. strong suit. What oh, the yeah. f am I doing? Mm-mm. Get stay in your lane, Oak. And that doesn't mean limit yourself. You should try all the things all the time. Totally. But it doesn't mean you're going to be even if you're great at this one thing over here. It doesn't mean you're going to be great at say. The bassoon, which apparently... Which I love so much. Jillian Ray sucks at the, the bassoon. bassoon. Yeah, no, but she sucks at it is the problem. Oh, a so, double read? Don't even. I cannot. A I cannot. double read. What do those things even go for? Are those like 45 bucks a pop? Oh, who knows? I have no idea. Well, that's because you don't play the bassoon because you're not any good at it. Because I'm no good. I did write a piece for bassoon choir once in college just to be a smartass. Hold on. What's bassoon (laughs) choir? Does that mean like eight bassoons? I think it, yeah, it was. It was either six or eight. And I only wrote it because I knew there weren't enough bassoons in my school to perform it. (laughs) Here's the deal. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because growing up, I have been around choir and instrumental in uh, instruction my entire life. And my, like I said, my wife is a choir instructor, but I've known so many people with music degrees or that excel at music theory, which is not my strong suit at all, which is why I think Steely Dan sucks. Um, but the thought of you writing a piece for a bassoon choir, <laughs> you've just become, you've, you've just entered the top five people who have ever come into the Smart Start MN studio, because you know what? None of those other fucking losers ever wrote a fucking piece for bassoon choir. I'll tell you that right now. Tell me about this nice. next song right here. Actually, We're here I'm, to make you feel good. You think, I'm, you think I'm making fun of you? But I'm kind of super impressed at oh, the same okay. time. I'm going to put a gold star on my yeah, show exactly. Like you, should. you got that right. Maybe think about bringing that bassoon choir back for your next effort, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about shortly. Tell me about this next song, please. Uh, okay. Without we can talk the big story after, but uh, long story short, Wayward One is the last uh, track on my most recent full length record, which was released in 2019. And about a few months later, this song made me famous in China by accident. And I had no idea until maybe a few months after that. So this song is technically my biggest hit. And uh, yeah. 
that that's wayward one. Let's listen to it. That's one of the greatest teases I've ever heard in my entire life. Gigantic in China, Jillian Ray on the Brian Oak Show.
over the course of my career, which has gone on for a long time, I've been fortunate enough to interview dozens, probably hundreds, maybe over a thousand artists. Some have been big in Uzbekistan. Some have been big in Japan. Some have been big in Peru through no fault of their own, but these weird sort of situational things happen. Sometimes it's placement in a commercial, a movie, whatever the case may be. But what you're telling me, Jillian Ray, is that song made you a staple in China. That's correct. Well, okay, okay <laughs> I mean, like, but I mean, that's that's yeah. not a small thing to say, no. right? No. And, and I, I I applaud you, and that's wonderful, but it's not often, I don't think, I guess I... I if I'm going to be honest, and I do want to be forthright, I understand very little about Chinese culture and what trickles through and what registers and what percolates. But I mean, how does it happen that a Minneapolis-based singer-songwriter has a song that has an impact in China? Oh, well, I would love to tell you, Brian. First of all. <laughs> Good. I, w- I would like to hear the story because I'm genuinely interested. Well, I just have to say on record that I mean, I've said that sentence before, like, this is my song that's famous in China. And it just feels so fucking weird every time. It's like, it's unbelievable, but I'm not lying. Like, it is, that is real. But it should feel weird, but it should also be incredible because you couldn't have possibly predicted that would be the case. How did that, I mean, it's a good song. That doesn't mean it's going to translate in a country that doesn't speak the language, right? I mean, like, how does that happen? Well, um, I'm one of those people, like you just mentioned, I'm in the, my song got placed in a movie camp and it was a big, it was like one of the largest grossing, it was like an action film that year. Um, and it's still like, when I look at like my, what, what is it? Monthly, like my streaming, yeah. like here's how your streaming is going on all the platforms. Like that song is still like my most streamed. It's like my most revenue like on all the things and from like China, Taiwan, like everything in that so area, then all the countries in that area. Two questions. <laughs> One, I mean, you're still getting mailbox money on that bad boy, aren't you? Man, so first of all, I had never heard that term before until this whole thing. <laughs> like the mailbox money thing. Yeah. It's I am getting some mailbox money, but it's not what you think. It's not like I didn't pay off my house or anything like that. But it was Your mansion, you my, mean the the Martin Manor. Yeah, I, yes. I, I wasn't Oh my god, we refer to our home as Stately Oak Manor all the time, <laughs> which it definitely is not. But I, I mean like, you know, so so okay, not yacht money, mm-hmm. but money, which as a musician yeah. is nice because there's a lot of musicians who don't make a goddamn dime. How did it get into a movie I mean, it's one thing, I know that that's part of the way the music world works now, right? Like, Mm -hmm. music placement is a huge deal, and in fact, you know, working in radio like I do, I feel like I hear songs all the time, this doesn't sound like it was written from someone sitting down having a moment, it sounds like they wrote it for a Doritos commercial, right? And like, and I hate that kind of thing. (laughs) That's clearly not the case with that particular song, but how does it make its way into a foreign language film on the other side of the planet that ends up being a top grocer and continues? Used to be one of your, you know, you, the the thing that people know you most for on the other side of the planet, right? Um, yeah, it's still wild. So, how does it get in that movie? So, I'll I'll give you the origin story from my perspective. Please. So, we released the record in May 2019, um, and then I mean, it, I think it was as early as June. So, Eric and I, my husband, partner, lead guitar player, producer in my band, 
We went on a for funsies trip, which we have never really done before. Um, usually everything is a music tour. So mm-hmm. with our friends, we did like a two week long trip. We started in Portugal um, and then we drove basically from um, Lisbon to Barcelona, Spain. So we did this fun trip two weeks in Spain in June at like the records released. It was almost yeah. celebratory like, ah, so we came home and once I was back and kind of on my social media and like on the internet regularly, I noticed that I had a weirdly large amount of DMs on Instagram from young <laughs> Chinese boys. Uh, like more than usual. Like, yeah, not the typical, but like a little more than usual. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, I totally pick it up. And, and oftentimes, like some of the messages would be written in a broken English, maybe using a translator. Sometimes they were like the Chinese... What do you, is it script? Characters, Characters. The, con- the kanji. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that obviously I have no way of reading. So I'm just like, what the fuck? And I just, I couldn't figure it out. So finally I, I was reading through one day because Eric was like, we've got to get to the bottom of this. Um, and one of the messages after waiting through a bunch was written in English. And they said, I love your song, Wayward One. It means so much to me and it fits so perfect in the movie. And I was like, aha. You know, there's my my inspector gadget gadgets are going off. So I I messaged that him back. I was like, thank you so much. That means a lot. What movie are you talking about? And he just I got an instant message back of a thousand emojis like, oh, my God, you're Jillian Ray and you're messaging me right now. And he was so excited, which I still think is wild. And he told me the name of the movie. He's like, well, the White Storm. Okay, so uh, I contacted my publishers. I work with a local like licensing and publisher house right. in the Groove Music. They're so great, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that you know you talk about like working local and being a part of the community. Mm-hmm. It's really nice that I can just like call up people I know and be like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Wouldn't it be nicer if they had told you they had licensed your song before no, it happened? No, here's the deal, and this is if there's any other musicians listening. If this happens to you, this is probably how it's going to go down. They had no idea. So first of all, you might already know this in the licensing and publishing world. Like yeah. even stuff in America, like I've had a bunch of my songs played like on General Hospital over the years, let's say. Right. I don't know that shit ahead of time and neither do yeah. they. Like your music is sitting in this catalog of a bunch, millions, bajillions mm-hmm. of songs and artists. And with the descriptions written out and like how long your songs are and whatever, like music... um, producers will you know find your songs through those means you know do the thing professionally through you know your licensor publisher and place your song and then you'll find out about it later maybe like on a report like we get quarterly reports or maybe someone will tell you about it or maybe you just are a person who watches general hospital and you're like there's my song holy shit (laughs) i swear to god i heard my song on general hospital Mm -hmm. but i've known so many artists who had their their items or their songs or their efforts placed in high profile situations but it's almost universally a situation where they shopped it out to other people right and dealt with these specific agents yours was literally just found on a catalog put in this movie and suddenly became an international super smash. That is exactly right. Like I I had nothing to do with it and they were confused. Like we have no idea. So when they were trying to look into it, because you know, the, the, the like road you have to take from like Minneapolis licensor publishing office Uh to whoever they contract out because um, outside of the U S they subcontract with a lot of people, which is normal. 
So the way that we figured it out was they subcontract with BMG Australia for Australian and Chinese markets. Right. And that's how the, you know, music producers of that movie found it and put it in that movie. Luckily, it was all legitimate because that was a worry because um, sometimes when working with like Chinese media, it can kind of be like the Wild West and they like music gets stolen a lot or not like legitimately purchased or however that works. And that's I my barely concern. know how it works. I, okay. I, have, I have no idea, but that was my concern is that what's to stop someone from the other side of the planet taking art that you worked hard on and made a great thing that not, if it was not only good, but resonated with people, you know, I, you worry that it's going to be legit or not, mm-hmm. but they owned up and they said, of course, and yeah. they paid to let to have your music well, in the movie. I think the thing of it is it was a big budget, like legitimate. It was kind of like, the level of movie that we think of like the matrix it was like the matrix of china in that year so it was like it was all through legitimate sources like a legitimate director whatever so what's the name of the movie again it is called so it is a sequel and from what i know it's it's very not super related to the first version so it is called the white storm 2 the white storm 2 but in parentheses drug lords oh i thought you were gonna say parentheses the Jillian Ray story. <laughs> nice. No, they don't give a shit. They no, have no idea. Well, it doesn't matter if they give a shit or not. Because <laughs> but no, you know, I love the song. But it had to feel amazing, right? I mean... It is amazing. Having people that that will you'll never meet in your entire life reaching out to you from the other side of the planet telling you how impactful your song was... I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a songwriter's dream, isn't it? It, it is a total dream. I, I feel like this is the best thing that could ever happen, really. Two things, and then we got to wrap up because we're already over time. One is one of the reasons we're over time is because I can't stop talking and I love talking to you, but I know that you have to get to your doggo. What's your doggo's name? Ernie. Ernie. Er- Ernest P. And I know that yeah. you got to get over there and make sure that everything's cool on the medical front. We'll do that. But before I can let you walk out of here, whether you are a small Chinese boy hoping to slide into Jillian Ray's DMs, or you are someone who would just like to know more about Jillian Ray. You're like, holy shit, she's famous in China. I got to get on that train. Or (laughs) you just like what you've heard so far and you'd like to know more. What is ground zero for the work that you do and the efforts you put out and your music and everything you do? What's the number one place online that you would direct people to go to find out more? That would be my website, just JillianRayMusic.com. Spelled J-I-L-L-I-A-N-R-A-E.com. Mm-hmm. Music. Music. Let's try that again. Jillian Ray, the way Brian just spelled it, but with also the word music added to it, dot com. Interesting. <laughs> On our last episode, episode 237, uh, Mary Bew, who is one of our very favorites, came yeah. back and hung out again for the first time in a long time. We haven't talked to her since the release of her last record, The World is Your Lover. Now she's getting back out there and she is enthused to say the very least i growing up in coon rapids would use the words she was fucking pumped that she is getting back out there for her retreats and you're going on one to italy this summer aren't you i sure am baby what's it like (laughs) what's it like to be jillian ray I mean, kind of wild, if I'm being honest. Good. That's the answer I want to hear. Well, you have fun. Let Mary know that she's one of our very favorites here, and you are welcome back literally anytime. Oh, thank you so much. What do you have coming up in the pipe? Is there anything we should be looking forward to? I know you've done this song. Is there? Are you working on an album? Are you like, fuck that, I'm taking the summer off, I'm going to Italy, bitch? Like, just... No, I'm not smart enough to do that. I have just things right in a row around Italy. Um... (laughs) 
This is maybe the first time I'm mentioning mm. this publicly. I'm going to be releasing more singles throughout the year. Go on. So please stay tuned and listen more for that. But Doing My Best is the first, which was released last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be releasing a music video for that shortly. Um, and honestly, my first in-person show with my band, and I don't even fucking know how long. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. On the books for Monday, March 28th at the 331 Club. Oh, that's coming up watering holes. And here's the thing yeah. about a place like the 331. It's small. It's big enough for enough people, but it's small enough to get that critical mass where you feel that energy. So fun. I mean, you haven't done a show in a while, right? Not with my band. I mean, I do play at the 331 regularly with my other band, Corpse Reviver, but this will be a nighttime, like for Ellen Stanley's Women Folk yeah, yeah. Um, hour, so it'll be kind of like the early bird special. It's a 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. show, which is Love straight it. up my alley, you guys. Which, oh my straight God, up my I alley. wish every show was at that time, <laughs> because too. I could still get home and be in bed by 8 o'clock and still have had my face somewhat melted off by the music of Jillian Ray. Mm-hmm. Jillian, you're a delight. Thank you very much for coming by. Well, Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely appreciate it. Jillian Ray Merzak. What was that word that came after Jillian? Music. JillianRayMusic.com. There it is. If you want to find out more and stay on top of what she's been up to, up to and including going to Italy with our friend. Why? Are, oh, because we don't do yoga. That's why That's we're why. not going. That's yeah, why. It's going to be just as much... Um, Eating and drinking wine is doing yoga, though. Just to be fair, I don't want you to think that I'm some professional yogi. I will be eating noodles most of the day. I don't think my wife would invite me back. (laughs) Oh, if I went to Europe without my wife right now, that's a one-way trip. Just don't don't bother buying a return ticket. I will disclaimer. So I'm going with one of my besties. Mm -hmm. When I found out about Mary's retreat, I was like, this is my sign. I got to get out of here. So I'm bringing my good friend, Heather. And our husbands are coming along. So the week we're doing the yoga retreat, we're just like, see you later. You guys do whatever you want in Florence. So they'll be together. And then after the yoga retreat is done, we're all meeting. And then we're going to spend another week just like driving around Italy. So, yeah, it's like I would never leave my husband home on an Italy trip. He would never forgive me. No way. I'm kind of stuck between two worlds right now in that I'm not allowed to go to Europe without my wife. But the thought of going to Europe without my wife, I guess I have some important decisions to make. Uh, we're going to wrap things up right there. Thanks to Smart Start MN. Thank you very much, Sean Bernard. Thank you to AudioQuip, without whom we don't have these microphones and all this nice equipment to talk into. Thank you to all of our <laughs> Patreon members. Patreon, without you, we do not have the Smart Start MN studios. We don't have what we have. And we're not 238 episodes deep into whatever the hell it is that we're actually doing here. Uh, before we bid you a final farewell, Jillian, tell me about this last song, and then we'll say our goodbyes. Sure. This is Heartbeat. It's the title track of the first solo record I ever put out um, at the very, very end of the year of our Lord, 2013. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going back a little way as well. Good luck to you with whatever you're working on, with the singles that are coming out. We'll pay attention to them. You are welcome back anytime, and have a fabulous time in Italy. Oh, thank you so much. All right, here's Jillian Ray as we wrap up the Brian Oak Show. Ooh, I got it bad. I got it so, so bad for you. All you have to do is walk into the room.
see. 